All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Nomad Strength Show. We have taken a bit of a hiatus for about a month and uh, just needed a break. We've done 223 episodes with very little breaks built in there, and I haven't ever taken uh, more than like two weeks before and we just had holiday season coming around and I wanted to take a little bit of time off. So we are back with killer episode. I'm bringing my buddy, my good friend, Logan Hanks back on the show. He's been on twice before already. They're a couple of the most favorited shows uh, as told to me by you guys and then as evidenced by download numbers. So we kind of want to do just a yearly catch up and go into some weird places and and fun topics with, with my good friend, Logan. And we did that. We talked a lot about uh, kind of the the current model of, of farming where we are in the world and agriculture. Logan's a farmer in Tennessee. Uh, a lot of the things that he's seeing and, and how farming has changed over the last, and in food production and how all that has changed in the last several decades. And then uh, we, we got into the new movie coming out uh, this year called Civil War. Uh, and this is one that Logan and I have talked about privately a lot, but we had a lot of a lot of thoughts and insights about that and movies in general. And we kind of went down some other fun, weird rabbit holes, but uh, this was a really fun episode. It's always good to catch up with Logan. He's got great insights, great stories. And uh, if you go follow him, he's got his own podcast called Talk Dirt to Me, which is a farming podcast. So if you're in the ag world or the farming world and uh, are interested in, in seeing what they're doing, it's awesome. I would recommend you go check that out. So uh, before we get into to the show. I want to say that this episode is brought to you by Selway Archery and uh, Steady Grounds Coffee Co. Both of these are, are companies run by good friends of mine, Selway Archery, Drew Kohlhofer and his family, making awesome quivers for traditional recurve longbows, anything in that realm. Uh, I've got one on my recurve. It's It's got the Nomad Strength logo engraved on the rawhide. It's awesome. Uh, they make really extremely high quality products and they just do a ton for the trad archery and, and hunting community so go check out selwayarcheryproducts.com and and go get one of those quivers if you're in that world and then steady grounds coffee company run uh, by george adams and his wife ct awesome small batch made to roast every single time coffee if you want we have the Nomad Roast, the Nomad Dark Roast Blend that is available now. Uh, it's amazing. It's one that George and I worked on for a couple of months to kind of get the flavor profile how we wanted it uh, get, and, and really just have a fun project that I can give uh, out to you guys that listen and support the show for so much. So if you use the code NOMAD15, you'll also be able to save a little bit of change on that and, uh, and that'll do it. Let's dive into this episode with my good buddy, Logan Hanks. starts here though we're just gonna we just going in official we're just, man. we just go i hit the countdown and now we're going but uh yeah we're back and this is going to be the first episode after my about a month month-long hiatus over holidays so uh just took a little bit of a break over the holiday you know holiday month or so i was kind of not really sure how long it was going to be i was thinking yeah. somewhere at least a week, probably two weeks. And I was thinking I'd come back that first week of the year and have everything fired up and ready to go. And I'm just like, you know what? 
let's give another couple weeks. I got a lot of other projects that are needing some attention and uh, some things that as of recording today, recording on Friday, the 12th that are like launching and doing a bunch of stuff over at peace, love and meet today. So there's a bunch of that kind of stuff that we've been working on. And so I'm just like, let's just take a couple extra weeks. There's, you know, I don't have any bosses to report to that. I have to turn stuff in by a deadline. Like I can do this yep. however I want to do it. But my first one back first one of the new year is one of the only three Pete guests nice. that the show, this is your third, this is your third. So I think only one, yeah, I don't count Brandon because we did like 20 over on this feed before we moved over. But yep. I think we've only had one, maybe maybe just one other person that was a three-peat. And I can't even think of who it was at this time. But um, Logan Hanks, back Man. back in the saddle, dude. I'm honored to be back. I, the the, the three-peat thing's pretty awesome. I'm a third times charm kind of guy is what I believe. I was so. actually, I just remembered. I was just going to say the only other three-peat is Jack Carr. Okay. There you go. There well, you hey, go. I'm in good company. Good company. Man. Good company. Yeah. Yeah, he's almost uh, as cool as me. So that's almost uh, that's good. almost. You've yeah. done some cooler things in your life, I would say. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I've got a couple of series. They're going to be hitting Amazon Prime here in the next couple of months. Uh, I'll be looking for those. Yeah. No. Um, yes. No, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped to be on. And dude, I can I can totally relate uh, to you know just needing that break sometimes. Like mm-hmm. I think. Um, I know it may have been the last time we talked or whatever, but I know that, uh, dude, it, oh, wait, hold on. Sorry. I was, I, am I, you're, are you picking up echo or anything off of me? I got nothing. No, you sound good. Okay. Okay, cool. It's going to make sure. But I don't think people realize like, man, a lot of work goes into a podcast, like yeah. especially a guest show where you got, I mean, you got to line up people like. And dude, not even tired. a very highly produced one either takes a lot of work still. Like, I mean, it's not like this is some million dollar produced I mean, like if I could show you, I mean, you guys can see it if you're watching the video on YouTube, but like I'm sitting at my kitchen counter and I've got a ring light and everything else plugged into my computer, plugged into one outlet by my oven. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is, like my mic stand is attached to my countertop. Like, I mean, this isn't some, I don't have some studio or, you know, like a bunch of like staff members or whatever, yeah. like, and it was the same, same with you. I mean, like all the, with living fully loaded and now talk dirt to me, the other one, and we'll talk about that, but yeah, it's, and it's not to say like, Oh, what was me? This is a lot of really hard work. I chose to do this, yeah. you know, but yeah. it's like those month long little things. I'm like, there's no, whatever it, it, I can take a month. It's my show. I don't, yeah. like I said, there's nobody and and you know, I can understand there's people that listen pretty consistently that were confused for the first couple of weeks and messaged me actually, which was nice to make it like, make me yeah. feel like, Hey, people actually did notice that show didn't come out this week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those those happen, man. Yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> well, that, you know, when I, when I, and I actually was telling Ross off air and I've not like said this anywhere and, and I'm a, I'm breaking a, news. Yeah. Yep. Um, I am a never say never kind of guy because every time I do, I end up like finding myself in that situation. But, uh, Man, with living fully loaded, that's kind of what I did. I, I I took a hiatus, and I just ended up realizing that I kind of enjoyed not doing the show anymore. Um, yeah. I was doing. I got talk dirt to me um, that I do all the time. It's one and of then, the best names of of a podcast. You know, that's why I started it. You know, I was on a tractor. <laughs> the name came first, and they're the like, name, "What are we going to use?" Yeah, it literally did. I, I was I was on a tractor. Um, 
and talk dirt to me popped in my head and i texted my cousin and i'm like bro we gotta we got to start a podcast we're gonna call it talk dirt to me and he's well you had done a couple of episodes with him on on living fully loaded in the past and those were always some of the like the i remember you telling me those are always some of the more engaged and downloaded episodes for the most part i mean on a consistent basis i think which is cool because uh well, first of all, the concept of living fully loaded was is still is really cool. But having something like Talk Dirt to me be so in your literal wheelhouse, yeah. like of what you do. I mean, that is what you do. You yeah. know, you farm. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah I mean, we, there's yeah. it's 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 cool to have that because there's not and like I think the reason it's been working so well is there's there's agriculture and there's farming content, but but not really at the same yeah. time. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's there, but there's nothing that jumps out as like, this is the dude in this, in this arena. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, and you know, there's not a lot, <clears throat> there's not a lot of Southern farmers. Uh, Cause I also for, true for your listeners there on West Tennessee is where I'm at. There's not yeah. a lot of Southern farmers that are doing, you know, media content or whatever you want to call yeah. it and uh because you got a lot of guys i mean everybody's heard of the millennial farmer um he's huge and you got a lot of those people they're big on youtube and uh some of them start a podcast but they're all in like the midwest or yeah. you know up further north and and so i was like man we can showcase kind of the southern aspect of things how we do it and uh me and my cousin both are young uh guys yeah. i mean i'm 32 he's 30 he's 40 yeah he just turned 40 but uh we do that show and we can show the struggles because most of your guys that are putting out farming content a lot of them they they don't have their own operation it's not a dig out of them in any way they they're sure. it's probably their family's operation and sure. they work for their dad or they've inherited the operation they're going and i mean our family's farm i grew up farming but i branched out and started my own operation yeah. And that's the same thing my cousin did. He started his own cattle operation. And so <clears throat> by doing that, man, I mean, we're, we're full blown into the struggle. And, um, you know, living fully loaded, oh, it, I was telling you off air too, it, it like, it helped me learn how to podcast. And, yeah. uh, I mean, I've made a lot of awesome connections. I mean, me and you became friends through that. You know, you mentioned Brandon, like all these different people I never would have met had I never done that show for sure. And I struggle with the idea still of like, you know, all right, I'm, I'm closing that chapter, you know, like that's, that's a hard thing to do. But the thing about it is I got, I got my iron and a lot of fires. And, uh, at some point you can spread yourself so thin that other stuff starts to suffer and you're not really getting the benefit or the return from the other things because you're just so freaking spread out. It's the Ron Swanson line, dude, where he says, <coughs> never half-ass two things, whole ass one, one thing. Yes, yes, that is perfect. That is perfect. But what's cool, with, what's cool with the, I was thinking about it too, just from your guys's, um, like where you are currently in the business side of the farm, right? Yeah. Like, cause I, the things that I've seen that on Instagram anyways, and obviously my algorithm is not as plugged into the ag stuff as yours is. Yeah. Right. So I'm sure the stuff that I see is because it's you like, and then, then <laughs> yeah. the, when I like something of yours, I see other things like yours. Right. But yeah, it seems like the stuff 
that gets put out, there's two real kind of things where I think you occupy a space kind of in the middle where it's like they're either giant mega mega farm corporations yep. where it's like hundreds of thousands of acres of stuff and they're giant, I mean, huge operations, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like, and this is probably where I'm seeing the most, obviously, because if you know me very well, it's like the small acreage, like one acre homestead, homestead. micro farm kind yeah. of stuff. Cause that's been huge blowing up, especially oh, man, on Instagram. Yeah. That makes killer Instagram content. You know, people yeah. want to learn how to do things on just their backyard essentially. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think that kind of middle ground space where you guys are like a full fledged operation, you're not some inter- like some global conglomerate <laughs> billion dollar thing, but it's yeah. like, there's that space in the middle where it's like, look, this is actually a career yeah. and this is the thing, but there's, there's not a lot there in terms of content, which I think is, is cool. Yeah. And I, I think that that's kind of the, uh, you know, it, it's funny. That is really the way it is. Like the, I would almost say your average farmer, like I, I'm kind of falling in that, the acreage size of a fairly average farmer sure. I, in my area. I'm a small farmer and I, you know, I'm very open about it. I work about I, last year. I worked about 1400 acres and, yep. um, and like some people listening and be like, damn, you know, man, that's a lot. <clears throat> but man, I got guys out here in my area. That's a small farmer. Like we're, sure. we're right here um, at the Mississippi river kind of in the Delta, we call it. And it's very prime farm ground right there. Yep. Like we, it's a big cotton area where I'm at. I don't grow any cotton. And, uh, but with all that said that we got guys here that work um there's quite a few that work about five to eight thousand acres and we've got a couple that work about fifteen thousand and we got one or two that work nearly thirty thousand acres and i'll just be honest i just damn near hate those guys um (laughs) like like, they're you know man i'm i love agriculture like that's I've grown up in it. I'm passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And with doing Talk Dirt to me, one of the common things that I, I get asked all the time is like, man, how can I get into row crop? And that's my dream. I want to be a row crop farmer. And, you know, it sucks because it is extremely hard to get in too. Like, yeah, it's, and this is what I've said on the show before is like, it's, it's almost like this elite fraternity that you have to be like born into and that's not the way that it's supposed to be i mean if you go back a hundred years like 90 percent of the country farmed like everybody freaking on some scale on some scale whether it was a half like one acre plot behind their house or something like it was some form of that yes yeah i mean you did not have really this big ag uh type thing because everybody farmed and and it's slowly gotten away from that and man it you got these guys that work. I mean, I can think of one in particular. He works around 27,000 acres. Yeah. And um, he has put more farmers out of business in my area than anybody else. Like, yeah. he has blocked guys from probably becoming farmers that wanted to be. And he has mm-hmm. literally put farmers out of business. Like, and it's because one, he had connections into uh, with the banks and he would find out when a farmer was falling behind, like if a guy was struggling mm. to make land notes or something. It's like the Walmart model, man. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that, that, and that's what, there is this weird kind of shift and 
there's this there's these people that want farming to go corporate. That's their whole goal is that yeah. farming will become this corporate thing. And if you're the big dog in the area, their plan is that they'll become essentially like the CEOs because you'll yeah. have they want it basically to be like 10 farmers in the country. You know, like it'd be hardly no no farmers. There'll be no more like what I am. There'll be no more yeah. of me, smaller operators. It'll only be it'll be 10 people dominating all of agriculture and they'll each be working you know at that point they'll be working five hundred thousand acres a piece or something like whatever it'll be um but that's their goal there's quite a few that want to see that happen that's crazy and it's emblematic of pretty much any other industry too anymore when you think of like i I mentioned the walmart model (coughs) but with technology with like i mean we're down to two basically internet providers in the country, it seems, Yeah, you know I mean? Like there's, yeah. I mean, there's all these things where that's kind of the point they're trying to centralize as much as possible. To, and that's dangerous. That's really yeah, dangerous. Big time. Uh, I mean, yeah. You, especially when you think of food or, uh, I mean, or internet, like, you know, we, I laugh. I'm, I'm kind of the guy that's like hoping for the solar flare uh, that's supposed to take <laughs> out the grid. Like, like there's part of me that's like, man, let's trim the fat. Like that's kind of how I feel sometimes. Yep. And, yep. Um, but at the same time, man, can you think of the absolute chaos that would ensue in a in a ten day span? If all internet was wiped out, it would in ten days absolute chaos would be reigning. And just yeah. over something like the internet, like I'm not even saying electricity, something that didn't even exist thirty years ago. Yes, like that's how quick it happened. Yes, like, Al Gore had not invented it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's crazy, and we've talked. We, me, and you have talked about it before. But they have these, uh, and who knows what they're based on? Honestly, like these projections, yeah, of how fast things go south when a grid goes down, right? And it's something like it's close to seventy percent mortality rate after like five days. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of, of total grid shut down, like yeah. not just internet, but ev- everything, anything that's electrically powered gets yeah. shut down. Like 70% of the population is, is dead in like a week, yeah. basically. Yeah. And that seems wild, obviously, because that number is huge. And I, there's always this level of, I'm not doing enough, you know, to yeah. get ready or to prepare or just to, you know, to be healthy enough to, to have plans in place, like all these kind of things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and then you just walk around <laughs> like a normal store, right? You drive in the town, you walk around a normal store, you go to a and gas And then you station. feel pretty good about yourself. And then I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's the, it's the dude getting chased by the bear with his friend. Yeah. And you're like, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun this guy. Yeah. Use, the, <laughs> use the buddy system, man. Like, I literally was at the gas station yesterday. It was seven o'clock in the morning. I had, uh, I was, I was on my way out to a client's house to go train him in the morning. And I, I had my protein powder in a shaker and, uh, I usually in the mornings will, will put some orange juice in it for my, for my liquid and it's vanilla yeah. and it's tastes like a dream circle. It's amazing. Right. Uh, and I'll do it cause I, I went and actually trained with him last night or the other morning, worked out with him 
And I stop at the gas station because I ran out of orange juice at the house. And I'm like, I got to get gas anyways. I'll just pop in to the store, just go grab a little bottle of the, of the stuff in there. Yeah. And I walk in, 7 o'clock in the morning. There's a couple of old, you know, good old boy type boys in there. And one dude has like a, like a hot dog tray, like those little paper yep. basket, hot dog baskets <coughs> with three giant frosted donuts. And then like a two liter thing of fountain <laughs> soda. And like, and that was his breakfast. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> what? Like, I, I I forget sometimes working in a health and fitness world that unhealthy people are that, but it's like, it's still the super minority yeah. that I yeah. am surrounded by most of the time. Oh yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like when yeah. you're consumed in a, in an arena of people and like around so many people for so long, you forget that that's not normal. Yeah. And so yeah. it doesn't take, and the same thing, like when I go to an airport, like when I'm like going down to South Carolina in a few weeks, I'm, and I hate flying, so I'm dreading it, but I walk into the airport and I'm just like, I think I'll be okay for the, it's, it's sad and <clears throat> shocking and funny. And it's like, it's, I, there's so many different descriptors for it. Yeah, it is. It is. And man, it, you know, and I, and I do think part of that we could say is social media as well. Like, cause we kind of, we've created this, um, like a, I don't know if a vortex be the right way of putting it, but you know, we, we've kind of, we curate our group and, and what we oh, see. For sure. And, and I'm the same way, you know, like a lot of the, I'm not in the strength conditioning world, but that's always been something that I try to be pretty cognizant of. But you're, but you're plugged into a lot of the guys that are in it. Yes, you're from, I am. You're like you're in that world. You're like tangentially in that world. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 And so, and and like, I've always tried to be, well, like I say, very capable. I want to be a capable man. And uh, and so it is funny. Uh, yeah, I'll go go to my local stores, and yeah, you see a dude, and it's like the guy's like out of breath walking down the grocery aisle and it's like good yeah. gosh man you know and and i i am a i'm a gun guy and so i'm i'm really kind of plugged into the firearm world yeah and it's funny because everybody wants to talk about you don't see it as much now but like back when covid hit everybody was talking about the boogaloo and uh, you had the boogaloo boys they kind of called themselves yeah and i'll be honest a lot of them that i saw were these big fat guys and they were like let's get the boogaloo going and I'm like, dude, you know, you might can shoot well, but you can't run 10 yards. Like, yeah, like if war out, like, out of breath after t 10 or 12 seconds. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's like, dude, man. OK, you better be a bad to the boat. You better be John Wick with those guns because you're going to have to keep people away forever because you can't move like you're going to have to or, sit. Or Chris Kyle, like you're taking him out. <laughs> yes. Uh, 1200, 1500 yards away from you so that you never have to move. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, first up on a hill somewhere that's your only option if yeah. that's going to be how you choose to to live <laughs> yeah and you you see a lot of that man like yeah for sure I, I don't know i mean and you know we're in a weird place i mean we're just at a really bizarre place and you know talking about with ag um kind of bring it back to the ag side um i have obviously because my youtube channel i'll have some videos that have hit pretty hard like hit yeah. big views and yeah. uh i'll get comments on there and i get the typical because man i'm a i farm uh corn and soybeans primarily sometimes wheat yeah. i have cover crops in the winter time and and i spray 
the uh, the boogeyman. You know, I use glyphosate, Roundup. Um, yeah. Most people commonly mispronounce it and call it glyphosate, and it is not. Yeah. It's glyphosate. And I'm like, yeah. if you're going to try to attack me with it, at least say it right, you idiot. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> but, like, you know, they, they come at me after that, and I tell them, like, look, if you want to see chemical use kind of go away, the only way to do that is to go back to the way we used to be, where everybody grows their own food. Everybody, yeah. Yeah, you got to remove the demand. Uh, if you remove the demand, and I mean, I'm a farmer, like that's how I make my living. Like I want to keep doing what I do, but if you remove the demand, then yeah, there's no longer the need for big ag because it's people, not going to go the other way around. No, no, and yeah. and that's what. You know, and it's not a quick process either. Like that. Oh no. Yeah. No. It, it, and and these people, a lot of them that are giving me hell, they live in like an apartment in New York City. They don't even mm-hmm. like they don't even have the means to grow their own stuff. Like like they don't have grass. You know, they have no yeah. yard. And so they but they're giving me hell and I'm like, "Man, you're breathing in like smog and exhaust Seriously. fumes and all this shit and then you're going to give me hell about it." Well, it's the people, it's the same people that complain about the number of, about cattle and methane, yep, right? Yep, farts. Not, everybody. Non, non-understanding just the ludicrousness of that statement by itself, but also, what was it, 200 years ago or something like that, there were more buffalo in this country than there currently are cattle and dairy cows. Yes. Like- yeah. So your math doesn't even make sense. Like at the beginning, the math doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's 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 all agenda driven stuff, obviously. Um, but there's a lot of stuff in farming that is interesting with how the technology side of it can be. I mean, like it's the same way with everything. There's there's the point up to which the new technology is very helpful. Yeah. And then there's the point after where it starts taking things away from the process or people away from the process, Yeah, you know, and I've seen these things that they're trying where it's like these, these laser insecticide, these laser, uh, you know, everything's, everything's, uh, automated on everything, basically removing the need for any human interaction on it. Yeah. Right. And like some of those technologies are amazing. Like obviously I've, I've, you know, you, you know this, but I grew up in, in farm world. Also, my dad is an agronomist still. My best friend works for my dad. Like there, we're still deep in it. And there are things that make life so much easier now in certain respects, like being able to turn on a pivot from an iPad in your truck and like set a schedule on it from the office instead of having to like go out and crank a thing on the, in the thing in the center of the pivot in the middle of the field every time, (laughs) like those type of things are awesome. Yeah. Right. But like, there's the other side of it where it's like, this is going to go the way of, of McDonald's removing the people when it's like, now we don't need anybody making food in the, in the fast food restaurants. It's all everything. So like, how small do you think the farms are going to be that they start implementing? Like, are you, too small for them to start pushing that stuff yet. Do you think, are they going to try and do it on big stuff first? Oh man. Or small stuff first. Do you think it's going to be like, they're going to try it on the really small things first and then see how that goes. No, I think it'll be big uh, because Mm -hmm. I've seen the, some of the automated like tractors and, and see, I'll tell you one of the best things that we ever got was GPS 
um, on our tractors and yeah. auto, auto steer and then section shut off. Like for years, we did not have GPS. Like we had yeah. tractors that were capable, but we did not run GPS because like just the, the GPS system was about $10,000 to like put on the tractor. And which now it's probably about 20,000. Like it's gone up even which more. Which for everybody does what? <clears throat> It's a, it's a little, you get a yellow globe. If you see the John Deere, now I'm a John Deere guy, but if you see the yellow globe, it'll be mounted up on the top of the cab. At the front of the cab, there's a yellow dome, and it's about, I don't know, about the size of a basketball, and that's the GPS receiver. And then you also get this monitor, which is basically like a little computer screen, and it goes in the tractor, and that's your GPS system, and what it does I mean, I can go to a field, whether I'm planting, running a combine, the sprayer is where it's really like awesome, but you can set your lines. You set GPS lines, coordinates, and you kind of like, typically I do an AB line where I pull into the field, I set my A point and I'll drive a little ways and then set B. And then it'll map out all the lines. And what I do then is I just hit the button and it'll steer itself. It'll, it'll <laughs> hold in crazy. Yeah. It'll, it'll hold in that line. And actually now <clears throat> even the sprayers used to on the booms that came out, you had, you get the two little buttons and you can raise the booms up or down. Well, like my sprayer and my dad's, he's got one a good bit newer than mine, but they have ground sensors on them. So they, will sense the ground and keep themselves up off of it. Now it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. You still got to kind of watch, but, but the GPS thing is awesome because typically what I'll do is I go around the field one time. I got a hundred foot boom with, yeah, I spray around the perimeter and then I map my lines out <clears throat> and then it'll shut itself off. Like that's one of the coolest parts. It has individual shutoffs on each nozzle and so like as you get into like a if you kind of run up in a corner you start overlapping it just starts shutting off the nozzles because it's it knows where it's sprayed through the gps yeah and it's same concept with planting all the planters now they have section shutoffs and then man you think about the seed costs that we save now like used to with we'd plant with drills or just planters and they didn't shut off you would inevitably run over some ground that you've already planted and you're double planting some well now they'll shut off individual rows so if you start overlapping it's shutting those rows off you're not you're not dropping extra seed there and i mean yeah and it's guys it it used to be a bragging point like how straight a guy could plant his rows oh yeah like that was the thing like we got a guy that's 81 or 82 years old that helps us. And he was always like, man, you know, I could plant these rows, you know, straight as an arrow. Dude, no matter how good you are, you cannot plant straighter than a GPS line now. Like, cause it's, <laughs> it is straight as an arrow and it looks awesome. You know, like I love like when I drive by and cause I thought I was planting pretty straight back when I was using my markers. Yeah. And now with GPS, I mean, it just is pretty, like you drive by it's- and it's just perfect. Are those things, for the most part, pretty standard now? Do most farmers use those things, or can or like can you drive by and see? I mean, you probably tell by looking when somebody hasn't used one, right? But like, is Generally. that common that they don't have them anymore? Or does pretty much everybody use those now? Most 
most all of your guys are going to be running GPS at this point. Um, yeah. Now you got you got some small. I would imagine this. I would imagine especially on really large stuff, like in oh, terms yeah. of acreage. All, that probably all your big operators yeah. are going to be extremely like plugged in on sure. GPS. And and when we get to the automation side of things, like I think it'll be a big farm thing. You'll see because uh, the cost is insane. Um, like yeah. whenever. I mean, just to tell you how crazy things have gotten, three years ago now, I guess, I bought my, I got an 8420 John Deere tractor. It's a 2004 yeah. model. That's an old tractor by today's standards, 20 years old. Well, it's GPS set up and all that. And it's a great tractor, low hours. I bought it three or four years ago now for 70000 And uh, that same tractor, I could sell it today because I see them selling online. For probably about a hundred and ten thousand, and holy cow! Yeah, and I mean, a brand new tractor now is around ridiculous. Oh, you're talking because in the row crop world, we need pretty big horsepower. Like our planters are really heavy, and they're and especially no till is pulling hard. So you want nearly, you know, typically around three hundred horsepower tractors, and um, you're talking a dang near five hundred thousand yeah. dollars now for a new tractor. That's just insane, man. That's so wild. these automated tractors, I would venture to say they'll be seven fifty to a million. That's crazy. <coughs> are you most? You it out. Are you? Uh, are you mostly no till on everything? Yeah, I'm like ninety nine point nine percent no till. The only tillage that I ever do is when I'm clearing a farm and like returning it back to farming. Like I've got some ground that used to be farmed and it had trees it got it grew up you know i'm yeah. clearing it and i have to disc it up and work it up but that is the only time that i do any tillage that's got to be because that's one of the things i've seen <clears throat> that uh just for soil health is has is very beneficial yeah like not having to cut the top layer off and do all that every single year just depletes so much from it i've seen Oh man, dude, it, it's, it's huge. And, and it was like, I'm actually been reading this book. It's called the worst, I think the worst hard times or something. And it's actually on the dust bowl. And, mm. um, and, you know, that was back. Everybody was tilling, which that's where I do laugh. Like on YouTube, when somebody's like, we need to go back to farming the way we used to you poison in the world. And I'm mm. like, have you ever heard of the dust bowl? Like you moron. Like, <laughs> do you know what that was? <laughs> yeah. yeah like, I, I, and I mean, it just, it trips me out whenever they say that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, man. And it's become in my area. Most guys, I would say almost have adapted to the, the no till thing because they've seen the benefits. I mean, dude, back whenever people used to disc all the time, they would lose, I don't remember how many inches it was a year of topsoil, but you're yeah. losing a tremendous amount of ground. A lot. And, and yeah, and it and that topsoil is your fertile. That's where it's so fertile ground, and you're losing all that. So we're slowly building it back up, and you're seeing a lot more of that with cover crops now, too. Like, that's that's become a thing that, you know, it's it's pretty common. It's not, not everybody's doing it. And a lot of guys around here do it because they can get a payment from the government yeah. for doing it. But, yeah. like, you got guys like I like doing it because I'm pretty fascinated with it myself. Yeah, man, I'm trying to not cough like in the mic. I, I told, <laughs> told Ross, I'm I'm just I, I can just cough all the time. Like I, I told Ross, I've had this stupid lingering cough. I 
for like a month now. Dude, forever. I told my wife, I walked in, I was like, I think I've got the black lung, you know, like in Zoolander. <laughs> like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I've been in the mines for one day. Um, okay. I'm going to take it a totally different direction because there's something I'm going to, I'm going to pull this up. I'm going to share this on the screen so you can see this. Cause I wanted to talk about it. We've talked about it before, but there's a movie coming out. Uh, where is it? It's got to be the one I'm thinking of. The Civil War movie. Yep. Hey, is that did what you, you see? Were say? Yes. Did you see they're coming out with a new 28 Days Later movie? No, really? Yes. And you know, it's been 28 years since it came out. Oh, well, that's of course why they're doing it. I also just saw this morning because Tom Cruise signed another huge deal with Warner Brothers um, for a whole new franchise that he's directing and starring in, which it's been not named yet. So we don't know what. Oh, it is. I was going to say, what is it? Um, but with that, they're also green lighting Top Gun three. Nice. Nice. So, I mean, like I get it. Capitalize on the popularity, right? While it's making huge. And like, it was one of the best movies of the last, I don't oh, know, yeah. 10 yeah. years. Yeah. But you did it. You went almost 30 years or, or longer, like 35 years between the first two. And then you're just going to do the third two years later. Like I, well, that's that's kind of what they that said. That was the perfect wrap-up to everything. Yeah. Like, I didn't think they'd even be able to follow the first one with a story that even tied everything up. And I'm like, oh, they did that perfectly. And yeah, then they crushed it. It's like, okay, but... Well, I mean, this, look, uh, Tom Cruise is yeah, the guy. I mean, his movies, Mission Impossible, they've made like 15 of them. So he, he's kind of like dude, Stallone, man. You know, they just keep I'll, on... Okay, I, I think I've told... I don't know if I've told you this, and I'm sure I did, but... Tom Cruise, I'm at the point in my life where I'm kind of out of doing the superhero movies in the theaters. Yeah. Like if I wanted, there was, and I'm pretty much not super into most of them made anymore anyway, especially on the Marvel side of stuff. Very liberal. Um, yeah. There's just, they're just not good anymore. Like yeah. it was, it's one thing to be at political, which they are in a lot of ways, but they're just not as good. Oh, like yeah. literally yeah. since, since Endgame, when they wrapped up everything with, with Iron Man and Captain America, like that was really the, that was the, that was the end. Like yeah. everything since then has been average at best. Yeah. Right. I agree. Yeah. Um, I am excited, except for, I would say the, the one exception was last year. The third guardians movie was awesome because I love yeah, that. I do franchise. like all those. Yeah. And the guy who's the, who directed those James Gunn is the guy who's now in charge of all of DC. Yeah. Like I the whole thing. That. Yeah. And so he's building a whole new, like, so they got rid of Snyder. They're getting rid of everybody that was anything affiliated with all the Superman, Batman with Affleck and Cavill, which I'm a bummed because I thought Henry Cavill was awesome. Oh, I did um, too, man. He was a killer Superman. He was great Superman, but they're restarting everything. But I, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see how they go with that. But the, this, this movie that's coming out next year, the civil war movie, which is the a 24 studios, which they do a lot of like horror stuff. Yeah. Um, kind of, it's not indie, but they're like, Big budget indie essentially yeah, is kind of yeah. like the best way to describe it. The studio that makes a lot of stuff. They did, I think they did Get Out. Okay, um, gotcha. So they've done. I, I think they did Get Out. They've done some other stuff like that, which like isn't these giant billion dollar movies, but they yeah. make a ton of money. Like they're they're usually high quality movies. But there's this movie coming out next year, this year, I guess. Now, while you're pulling it up, check this out. You see, you see this in my background here. King Kong. Yeah, dude. That's- that's a that real is killer. That's an actual uh, 1976 
and it's That's numbered. Awesome. My uncle stole that in the seventies. No way. Yes. Um, so, uh, you know, I just, I got the studio here and, and, uh, he was cleaning out his house there and he asked my mom, he was like, he, she was over there helping him out one day. Cause he's, he has really bad, like, I guess, I don't know if it's emphysema. He smoked all his life and, you yeah. know, so he's kind of cleaning things out and, and my mom saw this. She was like, that is, that is really cool. And he said, uh, yeah, he was like, <clears throat> he said, I don't know uh, what to do with it. He said, none of my kids want it. And she was, he said, you don't think, I wonder if Logan would want it. And she was like, I don't know. Like, I'll text uh, him. Yes. Yeah. And that's what it texted. <laughs> and yeah. So one of our local theaters back in the seventies, this movie came out and <laughs> my uncle was kind of a renegade and they had the poster up and he was like, that looks really awesome. And so he stole it. He just stole that it. That is awesome. <laughs> so that's one of the originals. And that's so good. Yeah, the poster's cooler than the movie, honestly. But uh, oh yeah, yeah. I just had to show, man. We talking movies. That's so good. <clears throat> so I have up this map. So this movie that they're they're coming out with called Civil War. Yeah. Uh, the trailer. I mean, I probably will still see it. I think it looks interesting. It's oh, obvious yeah. in a lot of ways <laughs> what they're trying to do with with certain characters in the thing. Like they're, they're not directly saying that there are certain people, but it's pretty obvious. Yeah. You know what like I mean? Ron Swanson is going to be the conservative or Republican fascist. Like is what I feel yeah, like. He's he, there. He's Trump. Like, yeah. let's just, that's what they're trying to make him out as. Yeah. Right. And, uh, but they have this, and I, and if you're looking on the YouTube, I've got this map up yep. of how they've got the, the States divided, which I think is, super interesting like the way that they and then this is like what i'm really interested to see in the movie is how they <laughs> talk about how all of this broke up yeah and like where how these lines are drawn because basically you have everything in new england down to south carolina and then through most of the midwest all the way across to like colorado and then you have new mexico arizona nevada all a part of what's called the loyalist states yeah yeah i can't and believe then, kentucky was in there that's surprising to me too. Well, I mean, honestly, there's a couple of those like right there in that, yeah. you know, Virginia or maybe not Virginia, but like West Virginia and, uh, and even some parts of, I would say like Missouri. I, I mean, yeah. like it's surprising. Yeah. I'm sure that they're doing, cause I'm sure if something like this were happen, I wonder like how hard these lines of the States actually even hold anyways. Yeah. Like you know almost I mean? half, like I could see like the lower half of Missouri, being in that Florida alliance, just breaking off and being in another state altogether. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So like the, it, it's interesting. So that's the, your loyalist states you have, um, like what's, you know, you're, you would be a part of what's called the Florida Alliance. Yeah. Which is Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Oklahoma. Yeah. And then the Western forces is what you'd imagine Pacific Northwest, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, Utah, the Dakotas and Minnesota. Yeah. So there's 12 people in those. Yeah. <laughs> we cover some ground though. We have a lot of ground. And, and then there, what, what I think is really interesting is California is separate. It's called the Republic of California. Yeah. And then Texas, Texas is the second Republic of Texas. Yeah. Which I'm curious why it's called the Second Republic of Texas. Yeah, uh, and I'm and I'm hoping they go into that. But I, what do you think about how these? Are, so we can get into you know, because we don't know in the story of the movie what ultimately happens to cause all of it, right? Yeah. Uh, 
but the way that it's all divided is essentially, you know, one, two, three, and three different areas of states, factions of states, and then California and Texas being their own republics. Yeah. Yeah. So the United States is essentially now five different nations. Yeah. In in this thing, which is is super fascinating. So what do you, what do you think looking at this map? Like, what's your first impression looking at this map? Man, I don't know, you know, because I, I watched it, uh, watched the trailer, and I was very much like you. I, I actually was like, this is intriguing. It is intriguing looking. And I also think the timing is very interesting um, yeah. on when they're coming out with this. And and I, sure. I, I think I had told y'all, I, I had talked to a guy on uh, on Living Fully Loaded that he's in the movie. And um, yeah, now he's a, he like, he plays one of the soldiers but I'm not even sure if he's on, like, I don't know which side he's on. Um, and he, I asked him, I was like, man, they're not going to liberal this thing up, are they? And he was like, dude, I don't know. He said, the movie was so secretive. He said, I never even got to see the script. He was like, I didn't Interesting. Not. Yeah. So, now, and, and he was like, I was kind of a pissant there. <clears throat> but he said, they never showed me the script. And um, he said, so I can't tell you. But, you know, looking at the states, man, it's it is really interesting to me because one, the first thing I noticed was like, man, Kentucky should have been in the Florida Alliance was like <laughs> one of the first things I thought. And then it's I don't know, I, I kind of laugh at the California, the Republic of California, because that's um, the one that always was. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Like, dude, it, it, look, California um, I know there's a lot of people there. There's a lot of agriculture in California. Like there is a lot of that, but I'm just going to be honest. There's a lot of weirdos and pussies in California. So like, like if California forms its own Republic, I mean, I feel like they would just get eaten alive. Like, uh, you know, like whoever, (laughs) like maybe the Western forces and saying, I don't know what this loyalist thing is. So does that mean that's what I'm saying? Are they because you have to think about who they're portraying to be in charge. Yes. Right. Yep. So if they're making him the Trump character in charge and then the loyalist states would what you would consider being like the uber conservative ones. <clears throat> yeah, there's a bunch that aren't in that that I'm surprised aren't in that for that reason. But then you see like the ones in Florida, like Florida and all these deep south ones, not a part of that. I'm also surprised that that's a, so it's it's well, real interesting. Did you notice in the trailer that? The guy, it shows a dude like he's he's in a military uniform and he's basically it looks like he's sniping. I don't remember. I didn't pay much attention to his firearm, but um, his hair is kind of green and he has his fingernails painted. Yeah, yeah, did you yeah, notice yeah, that? Yeah, I did notice that. See, that that makes me think that's the only other thing that makes me wonder. Like, it almost makes it look like I, there's a part of me that's wondering if they're not trying to toughen up the uh, appearance of the the liberal like you know we yeah, always kind of sure. laugh about oh man it's like the blue haired green haired weirdo and for i feel sure. like they're trying to beef it up which is funny to me because i think all right i'm in a very rural area here in west tennessee now memphis is 20 miles away i mean i'm going there actually tonight for my wife and i our anniversary was a few days ago we're going to eat tonight i'll be packing heat when i go i always pack <laughs> heat when i go to memphis but I imagine like a dude, I don't care if he's in the military or what he is showing up like here in our, in my town and you yeah. got a bunch of guys 
kind of like myself. I'm not calling myself a badass, but like you got a bunch of kind of just country boys out here and the yeah. dude shows up and he's got green hair and his fingernails are painted and he starts trying to bark orders. They just, it just ain't going to roll. You know, <laughs> it's not going to happen. So, well, not only that, but th- this made me think of a, <clears throat> a, uh, a good friend of mine is, uh, he's a, he's a police officer now around here in the area. He's got um, green hair, paints his fingernails. No, not, not at all. <laughs> he's you basically, honestly, he's, he's my friend here. That's you. Okay. And, <laughs> and, uh, he tells this story one time, and this was back, this was several years ago before he became a police officer. Yeah. And he was talking to a buddy about, um, and I can't remember, there was something that had happened nationally that caused a lot of this discussion. This is several years ago. So it could have been one of a, a hundred things. George right? Floyd or something. Anything, anything. And yeah. he was talking to his friend who was, uh, I think he was in the reserves. He was in the reserves or he was army. And yeah. uh, he was talking to him about, you know, if something happens and then this scenario that we're talking about now essentially comes to the point where now police officers and and military are expected to be enforcing all of these crazy dividing illegal things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He goes, what are you going to do? And he goes, well, it just depends on the situation. Like, you know, if, if I'm told by, you know, it's just the weakest answer ever, but he goes, uh, if, if, you know, if it's what I'm told to do, like I kind of would have to without, uh, without fear of getting, you know, court-martialed or booted or whatever, you know, whatever he was trying to say. And he goes, okay. My friend goes, okay. Tells him, he goes, so if you come up to my house, I hope you know that like you've crossed a threshold at that point Yeah. in this scenario. And he's like, we are at a place where I will have no problem dropping you on my front porch. Yeah. And, the, and he like, literally the kid's eyes got real wide and he's like, wait, are you serious? And like, cause he's like, this is my friend. And like <laughs> in, in, in two seconds, my friend, my friend is like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> so he goes, well, there's, there's that level of, I don't think people are, and I think a lot of people are ready without expecting it. Yeah. Yeah. But are not prepared for it at the same time. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Dude, you know, I, I had a very similar conversation with a buddy of mine that he retired from the Marine Corps. And that's what I asked him. I said, man, what did this, I said, what would happen if you had almost this civil war type scenario where, but the way I told it, I said, it'd be basically the people versus the government at that point. And I said, what would happen? What would the Marine Corps do? And he said, well, <clears throat> He said, because I, I want to preface this by saying, like, I think a lot of people have this vision that, well, our military would never turn on us. People would like, they would leave the military, get out of there. And do I think that you would have people that would? I do. Like, I think that, I honestly think a lot of your warriors, your actual warriors that are in the military would see that the government is too powerful and they might yeah. get out of there. Like, like you're... Yeah. Like a lot of the guys that we we are kind of in our circle that we've met through Sornex and different things like that, a lot of those, I call them like the throat slitters, man. Like I think they would be like, I ain't yeah. doing this. Uh, the machine, because a lot of them hate the government. They just, they want to go to war. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I mean, they like. They're good at it. Yeah, they're good <laughs> at it. Like, and, but they hate yeah. the government. But like, that's what I asked him. I said, what would, what would happen? And he said, well, I mean, we're sworn 
uh, you know, to protect against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And uh, he said, so I mean, not viewing himself as the domestic threat. Yes. Yeah. And (laughs) so I'm when I hear that and that's what I've told several people, I'm like, look, here's what I think would happen. I think your standard infantryman would turn on American citizens. Like, hundred percent. I, I think that he would, and I know, and I'm not saying that to piss anybody off, but I, I just think it's a hard reality. It's kind of like uh, during COVID. Look, I got good friends that are cops, and uh, but during COVID, the guys that were enforcing these unconstitutional things, he's shutting down these businesses, arresting these people. It was the cops. And I'm like, yeah. dude, you're doing stuff yeah. like, like unless you stand up and say this is not right, I'm not doing it, and you got to be willing to lose your job. And I know that's easy mm-hmm. for me to say because I'm a farmer. I can say whatever I want to say. My yeah. fields don't care. But yeah, like I don't know, man. I definitely, I'm really intrigued by the film because I feel like there's a lot of ways it can go. I do feel like it's going to demonize the right wing. Uh, side, I could almost feel like they're going to be the reason the split has happened. Um, For sure. I think, I mean, I would say the two strongest would be the Western forces and the Florida Alliance, really That's largely right. because of the firearms as well. I mean, those are the most armed areas. And the landmass. Yes. Yeah. I mean, looking at a map of the United States is not actually representative of how big the, like it's not proportioned correctly <coughs> No, as much yeah. as like they try to draw. Cause you can't draw that flat surface. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's proportionally off Yeah, with how big actual States are like Montana and Idaho and Wyoming, just those three States together are giant. Oh yeah. Like yeah. I, I, people don't understand how, like, how big that is. Flying over it is like when you really are like, good gosh, man. Like when you, yeah. like when I flew to Vegas, uh, well, and even when we flew to Utah, like you don't realize, like you look out, like I was telling somebody this other day, like you don't realize how much of the U S is still pretty unpopulated. Like it's just almost in uninhabitable because it's like just nothing, you know, it's mountainous and like rough terrain and, like you don't realize how much of that there is until you you do fly over these. And I mean, I even had a buddy that they have cattle in like New Mexico, and we were talking out here uh, a good sized cattle operation. You you got which we get a lot of rainfall. We get like fifty six yeah. inches of rain a year. Y'all get like minus seven. Um, so you know y'all y'all don't even know y'all never see rain. But uh, you yeah. know, but uh, do well. I mean, right now. We've got we don't get rain, but I've got a foot of snow outside in the last twenty four hours. See, and y'all need that. The snow, yeah. that's where a lot of y'all's moisture comes from. Hundred percent. So we don't get the snow hardly, but <clears throat> on the water side, here, man, you can actually raise a couple of cows per acre. Like yeah. you can and out in in like my buddy that farms in New Mexico with cattle, dude, they're working like they have like 50,000 acres that they run cattle on. Yeah. And and they can run the same amount of cattle on like 50,000 acres that we could run on probably 500. You know, like, yeah. you know, like it's crazy. Yeah. So it does, when you hear that, it's like, it's hard for me to imagine a 50,000 acre block of land because yep. we don't have that large, vast area hardly out here that like you say, y'all do out west. And yeah, people, yeah. people, I don't think understand that. 
Well, and it's like the, there's, and I, I, there's probably a lot of places in the country that are like, in our country that are like this, but I've uh, seen people that are European or other countries in the, in, in Europe or parts of, I guess Asia's giant in a yeah. lot of respects, but yeah, um, they'll be like, you know, I can go have lunch in, in Barcelona or, and then, you know, I can go to dinner in, in Paris and like all yeah. these kind of like you're yeah. moving around and it's like, dude, I, I can drive for 13 or 14 hours and still be in Idaho. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and even yes. parts of our country, like in the Northeast, like yeah. people can't grasp how we like Idaho can fit like seven Northeastern States inside yeah. of Idaho. Yeah. Like yeah. it's crazy. And so it, it, it adds a whole other level to, which man, it's just so interesting. I'm so curious to see who they're putting in these places. Yeah, in the yeah. movie, you I want to know, know who I mean? the who the big bad guy is. Is what I want to know. Like, yeah, for is sure. the government like? There's almost a part of me that wonders if the the loyalists. So they're going to be back in the government. Is what I'm assuming. Um, and so if they're backing the government, like I'm like, okay, so are they going to try to paint? And I, but I don't expect them to. Like I expect the government to be the bad guy, and I expect them to make the government right wing. Like that's kind of what I'm, I am anticipating this film being like. And uh, but you know it'll be. But the part that keeps throwing me off is the fact that the soldiers have green hair. And like like I'm like okay, so that's they're you know. I've got very little background in film, but what little I have, there's never anything just accidentally placed in a film. And so they didn't just happen to have a guy with green hair and his fingernails painted. For sure. (laughs) On there, you know, like, and even at one point, it shows a guy and he's asking him. Like they're like we're Americans, you know that he's got a the gun yeah, drawn. What kind of Americans is what he says, right? Yeah, and he's wearing like Elton John glasses, and like <laughs> you know, like that's the guy. For, he's the guy who's like the best bad guy in anything he's in because of just he's a creepy looking dude, he and I can't think looking. of his name. What is um, he in? But, I've seen other people like kind of. Well, the one him. the first thing I ever saw him in was Breaking Bad, and he's okay. in the last couple of seasons, I think. But he's the one who shoots the little kid on the bike never, that sees the. I never the, watched the, it. Oh my goodness! That was like the first. That, oh man, that show hit me at a time. I was in college, and I just told the story. You I were broke. You needed me. to make some money. You were thinking about no. cooking math. <laughs> I, was, I was like, wait, I could do this. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, no, I, I think I just told the story on with me and Brandon. But uh, there's, I lived by myself as a senior in college. And uh, I had this like little apartment that was part of like this this house that this guy had split into three units. It was actually a duplex, but he had used a, like a, a weird back way of adding on a third unit. So it's kind of like this little hobbit hole yeah. kind of thing that had a loft. It was awesome. I lived there by myself my whole year. And that was the same year that the final season of Breaking Bad was airing. And I hadn't watched any hey, of the previous seasons yet. Hold on. Your your dog is tripping me out. I know. Hey, I'm going to – I know. I'm gonna, give so me one. Sad. I'm going to yell at him, dude. <laughs> he's berating his dog right now (laughs) no he just needs to lay down watch him get up on the couch look at this i see him yeah well that's what you were i didn't mean to interrupt you but he was tripping me out he was like (laughs) so sad looking at you i know (laughs) 
Um, the uh, so that was the same year that the final season was airing live. Okay, and I hadn't watched any of the previous yet, so I was trying to catch up so I could watch the the final episodes with everybody live. You know, every week when it came out. Yeah, and I was living it by myself, and I would have I had my schedule was set up where I basically trained all morning for track, like in my event practice, my event, my skills, my, my lifting, all that kind of stuff. Cause none of my classes in the comm department started before 11 AM. Yeah. That was like a selling point for the comm department. It's like, we don't have class <laughs> before 11 AM. So I'm like, that's perfect. I'll train. I'll do all my training in the morning. I'll go, I'll have class in the early afternoon. But the, the downside of that was almost every night of the week, I'd have night classes from six to 9 PM. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah almost every night. And uh, so I had this like big gap in the afternoon where I would just like be able to relax or hang out or whatever, but everybody else was in class or the rest of my team was at their practice. Right. So I'm like, I'm kind of in this weird, like purgatory by myself for three or four hours every afternoon. And when I didn't have homework or whatever, I was just like, I'll just put on breaking bad and I'll watch it here. And that's such a dark show. Like I caught myself a couple of times, like sunken into like this, my, my faux leather couch and like my curtains are closed and it's just dark in the room. It's like 3 PM, yeah. but it's like dark in my apartment and I've watched like three episodes in a row and I'm just like, I just need a hug from yeah. somebody like, or get some sunshine. <laughs> Let's like walk out of here. Yeah. And, uh, that was that episode. I'm not going to like go into the whole thing, but basically like this kid on a bike strolls up and sees them, uh, sees them breaking Making. all kinds. And I, I can't remember if he had seen him <clears throat> kill somebody or if he had seen him do something. Yeah. Uh, but they had just hired this guy who's in this movie. Walt and Jesse had just like hired this guy to like come on and help him out. And like the fr- it's like the opening scene of the episode and the dude just shoots the little kid. How old is and- the kid? nine maybe in the oh it is brutal it is brutal and like that was the first moment i'm on tv i can remember like standing up and yelling at the screen i'm like what and like (laughs) i just couldn't (laughs) believe what i had just seen on tv and i'm like that was one of those things like i need to get out i need to go see people and like interact with humans and get sunshine but he's like that's the character he is so well because he kind of has like a creepy look to him he does yeah he does yeah yeah. It's crazy. Well, he, he does. I tell you, and I'll tell you another guy that fits that role really well. And uh, I actually, the first movie I saw him in that I can remember is Prisoners. And in yeah. many places. Hugh Jackman, right? Well, not I, I, yeah, I love Hugh Jackman in that. He's in. It, the, I mean, but isn't he? That's he's. That's the one that he's in, right? Yes. That's the one you're talking yep. about. Okay. Yeah, his yep, kid yep. gets kidnapped, and yep. uh, I love that movie. And uh, but. The bad guy in it, or one of them, is the guy that plays the Riddler in the new Batman. Yeah, and, he's good, and he looks like such a weirdo. Like he just, yeah, he's he made a good Riddler. He did, he did, <laughs> and he's a he like kind of in in the prisoners or whatever. He's kind of like he's kind of got that pedophile weird look for him. You know, and I always think about because in Hollywood again, talking about <laughs> when you do movies. They have a very descriptive image of like the person they want them to play. Yeah. And there's a couple of things that I always think about, like would kind of suck to be this person. But like when they put out a casting call, it'll be like, we need a guy with, you know, we want a Caucasian with brown hair, kind of this, this sort of look. And uh, I always laugh when I think to myself, two roles, one, when it's like a fat person that they are going to like make fun of for being fat. 
in the movie. Yeah. And I'm like, yep. you know, that that's that's a hilarious casting hall. It's like we need an overweight person. You know, you're gonna yep. be uh, like berated for being fat. And then the yep. other one is uh we need a person that looks like a pedophile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like like, <laughs> exactly. like we need Steve Buscemi, but uh you know we you know not well, who's the other who's the other guy? Um he's always a bad guy in everything he plays, but he's actually awesome in in real life. Uh what's his name? Neil McDonough. Uh, but the name's not ringing a bell. I know he's, I've seen him. He's got like the the real super blonde, like white short hair and like the super piercing blue eyes. Was he and in he uh, was, X-Men he was in or a, Logan? Was he in Logan? Was he in Logan? He was in um, the first thing I saw him in was Walking Tall with The Rock. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. He was in Neil, that. He was in was it a, Neil, was, McWhat? Was Neil McDonough. He was in a oh, he was yeah. the bad guy. He was the bad guy in a season of Justified. Yes. And Yellowstone, he was one of those brothers in one of the seasons of Yellowstone. Minority Report, man, he's the he's Minority the Report. Yes, yeah. yep. yes, he's awesome, and he he's is. like he and he has a really cool story too, where he's been thrown off of <coughs> movies. I saw him tell the story once, where he's been thrown off of movies and like almost blacklisted because he refused to do any kind of sex scenes or even a scene where he was kissing yeah. another another woman because he said, no, my lips are for my my wife only. I won't do it. And they said, yeah. well, if you don't, then you find another job. And he's like, okay, well, I'll find another job. Yeah. And so oh, yeah, like he has a lot Christian. of – yeah, he's, he's awesome. Well, he's awesome. You know, another guy that's awesome like that, uh, I don't know how I watched the show. Like I, I even – I tried later to go back and watch it just to see if I still enjoyed it. And I couldn't make it through like – 15 minutes but i watched true blood whenever it came out did you ever watch that no all right well it I is i was trying to remember if i had seen any of and i don't even think i've seen a single one <clears throat> well it's a soft core porn that hbo did um, pretty much <laughs> like that's the vampire one right it is it is yeah <laughs> It's, it's vampires, werewolves, fairies, and uh, and like it introduced me to a lot of like Joe Manganiello. I like Joe Manganiello a lot. Um, he was in uh, he's been in a bunch of stuff, but he did that one sabotage with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, um, but he's a beast, uh, and and he plays a werewolf. I always used to kind of mess with one of my buddies because his wife was really into Justin Bieber. My wife was really into Joe Manganiello. And uh, Justin Bieber, I'm like, all right, your wife likes a guy that looks like he's 12. My <laughs> wife likes this like six foot four. Looks like a superhero. <laughs> yeah, 230 pound guy with a beard. Like, yep. And that's what, when mine started kind of, my beard started to turn gray. And Joe, he's got the salt and pepper look going. And yep, I'm like, man, yep. I, I'm like, I hate that this is going gray. And my wife's like, I kind of like it. So there I used to always mess with my buddy about go. that. But True Blood, um, hell, where was I even going with that? How did I even get on True Blood? Something, you asked me if I had seen it and I hadn't seen it. I don't know I don't what know. you were going to bring up with True Blood. Something was Neil McDonough in that? I don't know. <clears throat> oh, no, no, no. It was uh, Luke Grimes that. Uh, uh, from Yellowstone. From Yellowstone. He plays yeah. Casey in, in yep. Yellowstone. So yep. Luke was in uh, True Blood <clears throat> briefly, and he signed on as this vampire character. Well, the guy that created True Blood is gay, and he's like one of the American yeah. Horror Story guys. And, you know, the, the gratuitous sex stuff is something they're all about. And yeah. um, I guess I could stomach it better then. I just don't have a stomach for it anymore. And, um, but there's just, yeah, there's just no point to them in half the stories that exist, you know? Yeah. 
Like that's the, it's so funny because there's my Molly, my wife and I, uh, the last few weeks have in prime is starting to get like a lot of old shows, which is awesome. Yeah. And we started watching, uh, Frasier a few weeks ago. And I don't know if you've start, if you've watched through that series at all, uh-huh. or just maybe dude, I, cause I used to watch cheers growing up with my parents and never watched. I mean, I saw the occasional Frasier episode, but I was like, you know, when it, when it, when it was canceled or when it, when the show ended, I was 11. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it wasn't yeah. like, like yeah. it wasn't like I was up every week watching Frasier. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so we just started watching and even if I was, I wouldn't have appreciated the show then having no, been a no. child. Yeah. But I, I told Molly when we were watching, I'm like, I'm sure I, I've had this same reaction the first time I watched through the office or, or even like Seinfeld or something, but I'm literally gut laughing through 90% of all of these episodes. Like it is such good writing. And I saw somebody, uh, I was reading about some of the episodes cause I was curious about some of the guest appearances and stuff. And I'd seen somebody say that like Frasier is essentially a TV show, but it's also like you're watching a stage play on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's a different, like the format of it is such where it's, it's so physical in its comedy with everybody, not just Niles, who's like the main, like physical actor of the two, David Hyde Pierce. Yeah. But it's, it's so funny and it's so well-written. Like I, I feel like I'm just, you know, obviously 30 years late to the party here, but I was, you know, I was one year old when the show started. So it's (laughs) like, give me a break. Right. Yeah. But it's so good. So if you're on prime, if you have prime and I don't know who doesn't have prime in at this point in their life, but like Frazier's on there. I would highly recommend going and watching through that. I'll check it out because actually my wife and I, we went and watched Cheers. Um, so good. It is. And and yeah, something I would have, I would have thought was so boring as a, like, a Oh, it's so good. But it is, it is so good. But man, I, in, in True Blood though, Luke Grimes got cast as a vampire. And I remember the time when the show came on, uh, his character just randomly somebody else starts playing him like like it was like you were watching it's Luke Grimes and then <clears throat> like the next episode it's no longer Luke Grimes but it's supposed to be the same guy right well, <laughs> I later found out that they changed it and decided that his character was going to be gay um they cast him when they cast him he was straight he was like the love interest of this chick i think jessica or something she was like the hot redhead on the show well um he's supposed to be kind of after her well they decided he was gonna yeah flip and go switch switch hit whatever bat for the (laughs) other team and uh he uh he wouldn't do it like he was like i'm not i'm not doing a gay thing i'm not kissing a man i'm not doing this stuff and so they were like, well, then you're going to be fired. And he was like, then I will be fired. And, and dude, he got a lot of heat, like out of, like people were giving him yeah. so much hell because it's like, oh, you know, he's a, you're a homophobe, you know, you don't, you won't do it. And it's like, dude, he's a dude that just don't want to kiss a guy. Like, I mean, I don't understand. <laughs> like, you know, like, that's not a hard concept. You know? <laughs> right. But it made me appreciate uh, him that much more yeah. because Man, so many guys I feel like get into 
the film world and they just sell their soul like uh, not even just film music industry all those the entertainment industry they they will just you know you talk about selling their soul to the devil but i mean they literally just sell themselves like aaron lewis's song you know he talked about like how they wanted to change him like with stain like and change who he was you got to dress this way act this way do all these things and uh you know cat williams always jokes about saving his butthole like keeping his virgin butthole (laughs) and so but but it's like man uh, you know these guys they just sell their soul and that's why i do appreciate people like chris pratt like i because i don't feel like chris really ever like he's still kind of i mean he's He's a Christian. He talks about his faith. He's he's conservative. Um, like I've asked Jack, I'm like, is he on the Kool Aid? And he's like, he is not on the Kool Aid. And yeah. so like, he just bought into <clears throat> to Jocko's supplements. He I saw he, that. Yeah, he's part owner now. Yeah, I saw that. And so, but you got guys like that. It makes me appreciate those guys a lot more because. But I mean, you know, I don't know. Like I, I've also. You know, he was pretty quiet. I've kind of heard guys that get into it got to more or less keep their mouth closed until they reach a certain level of stardom, and then yeah. they can kind of show who they are. But, you know, I don't know. I just appreciate a guy that's like, I'm, yeah, I'm going to turn down this $10 million role because I'm just yeah. not going to compromise on my character, who I am. And a lot of people don't know until they're in that moment where they're like, $10 million. That sounds pretty nice. Yeah, they're you like, I might, I might kiss that guy for $10 million. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, oh, I guarantee funny. you a bunch of people get into that. And initially, they're like, I will never sell out. I will never compromise. And yeah, then, dude, they get a, a huge paycheck. I mean, for the average person, dude, I mean, a $10 million check is life-changing. I mean, that is life-changing Generation money. Generation changing. Yeah, like that. that is life-changing money. Um, I mean, you look at a guy like Keanu Reeves, if I remember right off of the matrix, he made like 500 million. Like it's been like ungodly amount of money that he made because he was also like, he got a salary, but he was in the, he had like certain percentage of the, the income or something like that. He made, like you said, generational wealth, man. Like, okay, here, this reminds here's a trivia question for you. All right. All right. Let's see how well your, your Uh random film knowledge is. Do you know the movie that has made Arnold the most money in his career? Oh, man. Is it Conan? It is not. What is it? Not Do you want Terminator. another guess? You're just going to give up right after one guess? I mean, my obvious one I would want to say, I was trying to think of one that's going to be off scale. I would say probably Terminator 2. Wrong again. What is it? Twins. Are you kidding me? Twins? With Danny DeVito. Yeah, because uh, he worked in that same kind of deal on the back end where they each got a percentage of what the movie made. Yeah. And it was yeah. like one of the last times the deal like that was ever done because of how how much it they the studios felt that it screwed the studios. And you know like he made and he's still like he made so much on the back end of that movie. Yeah. Like it, a deal like that I don't think has been done since. So like Keanu's probably had some similar aspects to it but like the type of deal that arnold and and i don't know if danny had the same kind of deal in that movie but yeah he made so much money from that movie like to think about the movies that he's been in and have that be the one that's made him the most money like 
it has to be a ton of money. Well, that's what I was I was trying to think because I'm like, all right, Conan would be the one that would kind of shock me because it was like and that his was first. Like, that was his first. So I'm like, well, yeah. maybe and I'm thinking, well, maybe the royalties over the years. But sure. uh and so then, yeah, man, then I had to go with See, I'm a Terminator. Are you a Terminator 2 fan or a Terminator 1 fan? Which one I mean, would you prefer? Terminator 2 is probably the better movie. Oh, but man. oh man. But I I think I prefer the first one. All like right. as a but like as as a as a story and a movie, I think the second one's probably the better movie, but I I prefer the first one. See, I, yeah, I'm sense. I am a Terminator one guy. Like I yeah. I like Arnold as a bad Terminator. Like I like yeah. him being the killer, and yeah. and it's got Terminator one has like a very almost a creepy, slightly horror yeah. feel to it. Like mm-hmm. like I remember as a kid watching it, and the part whenever he's in the semi truck and half his skin has gone off his yeah. face, like it was yep. scary. And then yeah. like the scene, like I can still picture the scene when Sarah Connor is running into the building and she's trying to lock the door after he's come up out of the flames and all his skin's gone. And he's like, it shows him coming. He's limping. And it's like this terrifying looking cyborg coming down the hallway. I was like, this is scary. Like uh, as a kid, it was scary. (laughs) I love that. Like, and Terminator two, I like it. I like it, but I actually don't enjoy the humor aspect uh, in the Terminators. Like, Man, I just I like the brutality and the horror and the suspense. Like I don't like the Terminator being funny. Like I want him to be yeah. terrifying and you know, shooting up the police station. Like that's the Terminator and, that I like. Well, and just from uh this makes me think too. And th- I think I was actually going to go this direction we were talking about Tom Cruise earlier and yeah. then I got sidetracked and forgot. <laughs> um Tom Cruise at this point because that was when I started. I was starting to talk about Marvel and DC. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't mean I didn't mean to keep going down that rabbit hole. Forty <laughs> minutes later, forty minutes later, I'm going to close the loop on this. <laughs> yes. Tom Cruise might be the only <clears throat> the only person actor that I will still make a point to go see his movie in the theaters. Yeah. Anymore because of how important the theater aspect is to his movies, and he said that like I make movies to be seen in theaters. Yeah. Like that's the that's the medium I want people to see these movies in because of how I shoot them. And last summer when the most recent Mission Impossible came out, I really wanted to go see it in theater, right? And we had a couple of weeks and it was in theaters the same time that Oppenheimer came out and Barbie came out like that same time. Yeah. Right? Everything all those three of those movies were in theaters at the same time. And I'm like, when am I going to go? It's almost a three-hour movie. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to just peace out in the middle of the day and leave everyone hanging to go watch a movie by myself. But yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go Sunday, and I'm going to wait until everybody's asleep. Yeah. And I'll just go. I'll just wait till everybody's asleep, and I'll just tell everybody, look, I'm just going to go to the movie. It was like a 10:20 start or something like that. Yeah. And uh, like everybody's <laughs> out, and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go. I really want to go see it. And everybody's like, fine, go ahead. And Molly's like, go ahead, have fun. So I show up and there's a bunch of people there, which I was surprised by. <laughs> yeah, like, that oh, late. For like sure. 10, 15 start on a Sunday. Like, how are there so many people here? And 85% of them were there for Barbie. And uh, I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So I walk in the theater and I, I'm literally the only person in the theater prior to the movie starting. And I'm like, okay, there's, there's going to be some stragglers come in, you know, or whatever. I was the only person in that movie. The really? entire, the entire, t- and this is two weeks after it opened. 
Yeah, that's bad. Right? It's bad. And and that's bad from a revenue standpoint, you would think. But I'm like, again, 10, 15 on a Sunday, <laughs> most, people are, most people aren't going to go see a three-hour movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm, I, and so I was, I loved it. Like I sat exactly in the middle, like perfect. <laughs> and I, I had like, a, I had a seat for my popcorn next to me. Like it got its own seat, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. sitting there loving this movie. And the movie was awesome. Loving the movie. Dude, could you imagine how this is a morbid thing to think about, but this is where I think about, could you imagine how <clears> disappointed <throat> the, uh, like the guy that shot up the theater would be? If he had walked, he walks in, in, he just sees me. And you're just one guy there. He's like, "All right, everybody!" And he walks in, and it's like, "What?" And you're just—it's the one guy sitting there, so carrying a nine mil, like, carrying a nine millimeter. And he, yeah. I'm like the one guy he's in there to see. Also, is carrying a weapon. <laughs> yes. yeah. Like, but, uh, yeah, not to go so, dark there, but that's what I just thought. That's like, hilarious. I have so not I, seen that movie yet. It's so good, dude. I love all those Mission Impossible movies. But I so, do I, too. so I'm getting, I do too. and I'm getting out, walking out of the theater. And it's like, uh, I mean, it's one fifteen in the morning, right? <laughs> and I walk out and there's all the, the kids that were working are standing behind the snack counter and they're all in like their normal clothes, yeah, right? Like, and <clears throat> I walk out and I have the realization that I'm like, this is a three hour movie. Everything else is done. They're literally waiting on me. One guy. <laughs> so like I, I walk out, I walk out and they just kind of like give me the little wave and I'm just like. I'm sorry, you guys. Like, I, like you know, they're sitting behind the counter. They're like, we're literally waiting on one dude to go finish Mission Impossible so we can go home on a Sunday night. That is hilarious, man. Yeah, because the other, I'm sure great, Barbie is probably like a, is it, a, it ain't two hours. I mean, I've I never, have no idea. I didn't see it. I haven't I have either. No idea. I haven't either, but I can't imagine that being like a three hour movie. Um, dude, the last movie that I saw in theaters. Gosh, I don't even. It's been a while. Noel, we took my, we took our kids to see uh, Jurassic World Dominion uh, in theaters, and that yeah. ended up that was a pretty daunting film to take them to because it ended up being pretty long, and uh, it was a lot for the kids to sit through. But I did see. I tell you, when my wife and I went to Utah, we made it a point. We had some time to kill one night. And Top Gun 2, that's when it was in theaters. And so we went sure. and saw it. And yeah, man, just there are some movies that just need to be seen in theaters. And I had every intention of seeing Dead Reckoning or whatever in theaters because... It's really good, dude. Oh, and that, I, I mean, I'm kind of... I, I love all those movies anyway. So I mean, oh, if I it too. wasn't as great, like I probably would have said it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, we've talked about this uh, separately before that... You know, Tom Cruise is one of the last like true action stars. Like he is, he hundred percent. And I, and I'll tell you a guy that I do think kind of is <clears throat> up and coming in that, and that's Chris Hemsworth. Like, um, have you watched uh, Extraction and Extraction Two? I liked the first one a lot. The second one I thought was a little cheesier. Yeah. Like it's that the the second one is literally just four scenes. <clears throat> Oh yeah, like yeah. it's it's four twenty minute fight scenes. Like that's that's all that movie is. And I loved every minute of it, man. Like I, <laughs> Just, it, <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? Like one of my favorite mm. movies as a kid was Commando. Um, and yeah. Commando, I mean, the movie opens with Arnold Schwarzenegger carrying a full size tree on his shoulder, like he's walking with a chainsaw <laughs> in one hand, and he's got like a twenty foot long. 
10 inch diameter or 12 inch diameter tree on his arm. It weighs like 1200 pounds and he's just like lollygagging through the woods with it. But I, I loved it, man, because it it takes me back to uh, the 80s action. Like, that's what I feel like. And I feel like Hemsworth kind of embodies that. Like, he's, I mean, yeah. he's got the the deep voice. He's kind of got the rugged look. I mean, he's big, muscled up, you know. Yeah, like, there's not many of those kind of guys. No, no. You got a lot of, like, you know, you got your Tom Hollins and these kind of guys that are kind of stepping in these roles and, and man, I yeah, I come from the age where the action stars were freaking bodybuilders, you know. Well, like, and <laughs> and the only other the only other analogous person would have to, but it's but it's all his movies are the same. Is The Rock? Yes. Like he's just that in every movie. Like there's no depth to any of his characters. I think there was a there was a meme that I had seen. It was a four square image. It was four different images of him. Yeah. And in the in, in each image, he's wearing like that that tan uh, tan shirt, tan shirt, like the button, the tan button up, and there's like trees behind him, yeah. and he's super sweaty, right? <laughs> and it's four different images, and the whole point of the caption is like, "This is four different movies." <laughs> yes, and like yes. it's literally four different movies. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and that is where see, and I think Hemsworth has the range. Like, I think Chris can play a broader range of characters, like. I, but yeah, The Rock, The Rock, yeah. and and I mean, dude, you know, it's hard to say much about him because his movies have grossed an ungodly amount of money. Like he's obviously, he's a movie star. Um, but now, yep. would I consider him a great actor? No, you know, like yeah. And I like uh, like Pain and Gain. I enjoyed that movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, and but yeah, would I rank him as? A great actor, I, I can honestly say that I would not. Like he's just a the huge, best acting. Guy. The best acting he ever did was a movie that most people have not seen. I know which one you're going to say, and I've not seen it. I have not <laughs> seen it. Be cool. Yep, is the movie, and he plays a bodyguard who's gay. Yeah, <laughs> and it's hilarious because Vince Vaughn's in it, John Travolta's in it. It's like a hilarious movie. I gotta watch it. I need to it's watch this. It's so funny. And Cedric the Entertainer's in it. Uma Thurman's in it. Because yeah. it's the sequel to Get Shorty, which yeah. I don't know if you ever saw Get nope. Shorty, Danny nah. DeVito and Travolta. Um, which that's that's pretty funny. Yeah. But it's it's not like a direct sequel, but it's all the same characters. So they so kind of call I it watch like a Be Cool without watching Get Shorty? 100%. 100%. Because okay. Danny DeVito's in it for like 10 seconds. You don't even really know the point of the – like it, it, there's no need to watch the first one. Gotcha. Um, okay. But it's it's hilarious. And that's the best – it's my favorite role I think The Rock has ever done. It's the same thing with uh, with Robert Downey Jr., who's a great actor. M- yeah. Not the same thing in that regard, but – I think the best acting he ever did was Tropic Thunder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when he was Kirk Lazarus. Yes. Yes, Kirk Lazarus, man. I love the I love their uh trailer of the two monks that are gay. And it's like <laughs> with him and Toby yeah, Maguire. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And they're like holding hands and it's like, oh, oh so you know, the, the monk chanting music. So it's good. like <laughs> Yes. Oh my goodness, man. And didn't they I say didn't. Toby Maguire? Like, didn't they wasn't it like Kirk Lazarus? Yeah, it was and Kirk Lazarus and, and Toby Maguire. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. They did such a good job on that movie. It was I've seen some things talking about the making of that movie. Uh 
and, and Bill Hader was talking about the making of that movie. And there's just so many hilarious stories about that movie. And even from Tom Cruise, speaking of Tom Cruise, that's true. Like very good part. For another him. fantastic acting Lex, role for him. Lex Grossman or something. Lex or, Grossman. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That, so good. dude. Well, and what made me appreciate that even more is the fact that Ben Stiller stood his ground whenever like the stupid, well, they all did. Yeah. The stupid yeah. cancel culture people come after him. And he's like, I'm, he was like, I'm proud of everything that I've ever made. Well, and the, and the dumb part of it was like, so much of that came 10 years after the movie came out. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, like, the movie's been out everybody was, everybody was coming after Robert Downey Jr. For blackface in 2018. I'm like, dude, this movie's like 11 years old. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you expecting to accomplish with this? Everybody loves this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, Nobody was offended when it came out. Like, it's just, I don't know. So good. I don't know. So who do you think's going to win in the civil war? Oh, we're going right back in the movie. Yeah. Or in real life. Well, <laughs> Well, we might go down both paths. Uh, first in the uh, movie. Let's do, I don't know. I would say, I would say that they're going to make it an overthrow yeah. situation because I have a hard time believing they're going to make Nick Offerman's character like the good guy. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I would imagine it's going <clears> to <throat> be some sort of overthrow or, or there's some, my other option would be there's some sort of just ceasefire agreement and everybody just ends up living in the in the divided states or whatever they're called yeah you know what i mean and there's now five new nations in this area which i could see that being a possibility for the ending as well i think i definitely kind of think that uh like you said nick is going to be the bad guy um and i and another reason why i feel like he's going to be this right wing guy is because they've got this very stiff white guy with a mustache and like a conservative haircut. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like they did everything possible to make it look like a Republican. Like, it's like, this is what a Republican look like. This is what he talks like. And, and I feel like if it would have been like, if the government was the good guys and the liberal, like kind of thing, they it would have been like a woman. They'd have like a, a black woman or maybe, uh, I don't know, a dude in a dress, but you know, like they would have had it, uh, very different <laughs> but but For i don't know sure. now when i get and i'm kind of the same i have absolutely no idea how it's going to pan out um i just can't tell like if i feel like if the government is actually if they kind of are portraying themselves as the good guys i feel like they're going to somehow conquer them and defeat the forces and the green haired yeah. fingernail painted guys are going to beat the the guys that have been shooting guns all their lives and, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're going to defeat them. But now, all right. So then now civil war, like a real prediction, you got to predict civil war. What do you think it'd look like? Not basing it off of the movie. You're Not saying. basing it off the movie, like based off of the world we're in today. Dude, I don't, <clears throat> there's, there's part of me that thinks that that's not <clears throat> terribly inaccurate yeah. in a lot of those respects. But I also, I also am not sure that it'll ever get to the place where it's like hot like that. Cause I think yeah. that would kind of defeat the purpose of the people who would want that. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Um, I, I think there's there, because as far as division, there's a lot of, I mean, there, there's, they're nailing that without having to fire a single shot. And that's what you they want. What I mean? Yeah, obviously. Exactly. I, I, would, I, I think that they would prefer to do it that way 
for the reason of not having to potentially lose a hot battle. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that's probably the more likely, um, unless some singular event happens that sort of triggers everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's yeah. if if it just keeps continuing as it is with no like spark, right? I, I kind of think that would be what what the plan would be. Yeah. Well, and that makes sense because yeah, I think they want to keep us just divided enough, but they don't want it because he on one side of the coin, it's like if the government keeps pushing hard enough, they'll actually unite us. Like um I think they'll they'll unite us through division, as weird as that sounds. But, you know, if they keep pushing hard enough, then even people like like what I think about in terms of like the Florida Alliance <clears throat> or whatever they call us. Yeah. All right. You got like I said, Memphis is 20 miles from here. Um, it's a very, uh, you know, I mean, it's Memphis. I don't have to tell anybody how Memphis is. It's like the most dangerous city in America or something right now. Like our murder capita per or murder rate per capita, I think even beats Chicago at this point. Like they kill yeah. everybody. There, there's a murder every night. Like I get up in the news and it'll be like breaking news, three murdered in Memphis. And I'm like, it's not breaking news. That's just I was a just going to say, can it even be breaking if it happens all the time? Yeah. Not, not breaking at all. They kill each other every single night. Um, you know, Prince Mongo, when he ran for mayor of Memphis a few years ago, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Prince Mongo, but he's, he's, hey, have you ever heard of him? No. He's like this extremely eccentric, uh, I don't even know what you'd call him. He calls himself the Prince of Zimbabwe. Um, it's like a made-up place. He wears these big, like, welding glasses. You need a good Zimbabwe's a real place. All right, well, then it's not Zimbabwe. Um, <laughs> but it's something it's, just like that. Zimbabwe's a real place in Africa. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, man, Zam, where does he call it? He's got a name for it, and it's a made-up place. Um, oh, all right, Prince good. Mongo. He's an entrepreneur. You need to Google him. He ran for mayor of Memphis. But one of the things that he said, dang it, I, yeah, and you can find his. Uh, I'm looking him up right now. Where he's from, man, or where he claimed. Zambodia. Zam- Planet Zambodia. There you go. There you go. Um, so I knew it was the. I, Claims I, to have been born on Planet Zambodia 333 years ago. There you go. And he wears like welding goggles, like. Um, <laughs> He's got like a mansion. He has a toilet on the roof, if I remember right. Like, like he's very odd. And <laughs> but say all I'd say, he has when he ran for mayor of Memphis, he said he knows how he'll clean up the streets of Memphis. And they're like, what are you going to do? And he said, I'm going to take all these wheelbarrows and I'm going to fill them full of machine guns and I'm going to take them and I'm going to just place them in different locations throughout the city of Memphis. And he said. They'll kill all each other, and uh, and that'll solve the problem. <laughs> like he said, I'll just give them machine guns, and they will literally <laughs> kill themselves and solve the problem. That was his solution. But long way of me saying this, you got Memphis. Guys like myself, I try to just avoid Memphis um, yeah. because of the way it is. But it's kind of funny, man. I honestly think if a Civil War scenario like this happens, I honestly feel like you'd have – like good old boy country dudes 
and then freaking gangsta boo and them with their sideways pistols they would be like mm-hmm. riding and riding together to go like take on the government like yeah you know I, I really think that and so it reminds me of the scene from the longest yard with adam sandler when all the all the inmates with Michael Irvin and Nelly and all of them finally <laughs> yeah. show up, show up to practice. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then they want kickers like I'm out of a job. <laughs> yes. Dude, that is exactly. I mean, that's, that would be it. Like, like in that, it would, we, I feel like we would unite against the government at that point. Like, um, and, and why I think I could almost see this, like in a, in a, in a civil war people versus government thing i feel like the uh florida alliance and the western union or whatever they would actually be on the same side. western union <laughs> whatever they're called you know what are they what did it say it was western the western forces or western something like forces. that this western you know. union made me laugh because yeah. it's like the bank yeah yeah, yeah western union yeah. well like yeah. say, why are you some money yes yes well we'll need funds for the war but um mm-hmm. But I feel like those two would actually be pretty much the same um, yeah. in terms of where they stand. Texas, I honestly feel like would probably be right there the same. Um, yeah. I think Kentucky would be in there. You know, the crapshoot is like a place like Georgia, where Georgia could be kind of. I mean, they have. I was gonna say like all the all the all the really northern, like the Minnesota, the. Like the Michigan, even Wisconsin, like those kind of northern states where it's like nobody's going up there, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys, you guys might as well just be absorbed into Canada. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, you, should, you just sit this one out. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's it'll be. I don't know. I am interested to see the movie. Uh, I did hear, and I have not researched, but I did hear that if somehow, you know, I've seen the memes where it said the Obamas had something to do with some of it, like on the that was the other one. That was the other one. Um, was that the world behind left? What is it? Yeah, whatever that one's called. That was the one that they produced. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The Civil War one is a different studio altogether because Netflix made the other one. And Obama's got all kinds of deals with Netflix for production and all that kind of stuff. Really? Really? So that's a different one. It's kind of, it, it's, it does the futuristic dystopian thing yeah and i haven't seen it but i i same thing i just know the concept of it yeah um not from a civil but like the technology <coughs> standpoint grid goes down all that kind of stuff is kind of the world left behind i don't know the world like left that. behind i think that that's something right. like that yeah left the world behind yeah i don't know yeah left behind with kurt cameron that's the one it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nicholas cage did one too didn't he uh didn't, yeah didn't actually, nick cage do a left behind I think he did. Now that you say that, I think yeah. he did. I gotta almost look that up. No, yeah. I'm almost positive he did. Uh, I think he I, did. Because I think I remember, and I'm pretty I'm sure I might have. Yep, he did. Him and Leah Thompson left yep. behind back yep. in 24. It has a 3.1 out of 10. It's on one of the lowest. It's it's one of the lowest rated. It has a zero percent <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like 0.0. It's one of the lowest rated movies ever on Rotten Tomatoes. That is that is terrible. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Now, and I don't put a lot of stock on that, but man, the movies, if you like that movie, you know, I'm on IMDb. I scroll down and it says, you might also like, and uh, Hobgoblins is on there. It's got 2.2. 2. 
And two point two. If you like this crappy movie, you'll probably also like a bunch of other crappy movies. Literally, that's exactly <laughs> what it's showing. Like every movie on here, here's two point two, two point three, one point five. Man, like that's, that's man. So funny. Yeah, it's like yeah. If you like that terrible film, you are here. You go, buddy. Um, that's so good. That is. That is. So, yeah, that's hilarious. I think we've rambled probably enough about. We've solved none of the world's problems and just talked about whatever we wanted to for 90 minutes. So I'm good with that for today. That sounds good to me, man. I've had, I've had a great time. <laughs> Thanks I've for making time, chat. dude. Well, I've, I mean, we'll do another one in probably a year Uh-oh. or yearly I lose you. recording. Am I going to lose and, you right here at the end? Oh, no, we made it. There we go. There we go. I was like, well, we made it to the end. It's going to mess up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll do another one in a year. Sounds good. And have, have no round four. That sounds good, man. I'm game. Uh, We'll put the links to, if you're in in, in the farm world and you're interested in Talk Dirt to Me, uh, we'll put the links for that podcast down there and go check it out. Well, I'll tell you, dude, uh, Talk Dirt to Me is funny because it's like this weird, it's almost this weird hybrid where um, we have, we try to blend entertainment and uh, information. Like, cause you might, you know, one of the things, I mean, we typically drink, whiskey when we record and yeah. our our audience is like like when me and bobby lee would start recording people started reaching out and they're like we want to know what you're drinking and so like we you, you might tune in and get the first 10 minutes might be us talking about our bourbon of choice and like so i mean you get kind of a i feel like we do a pretty good blend where we have a lot of people that listen that have never farmed and will never farm and uh they reach out and they're like man i just love the show you know so so yeah, man, I'd love for guys to, to check it out and uh, let me know what you think about it. And uh, again, man, I appreciate you having me on the show. It's been a blast. Yeah, man. We'll talk about more nonsense next time. Sounds good.